Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest, greatest, truthfuliest news. I think that's a word. We're making it a word. Um, this side of uh, the Drake Hotel in Chicago, because apparently that's where a lot of the story takes place. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and I am very excited. Uh, I have with me uh, one of the uh, Gotham Outsiders. It's uh, it's Chris. Uh, they're Hi. here today with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I am fantastic. I am so excited because um, of all the people I reached out to, um, understandably, because uh, granted, a lot of them are guys, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when we talk about it's Superman's 80th, 85th anniversary, right. uh, naturally, the story, the stories people want to talk about are, you know, um, Superman for all seasons, Superman mm -hmm. birthright, all right. these great Superman stories. Um, inevitably, what we talk about within those stories is how great Lois Lane is. Yes. Today, <laughs> we get a Lois Lane story. Lois Lane, yeah. Enemy of the People, uh, by Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins, who are giving me a little bit of um, Bendis and Malie vibe. The way they, yeah. they they do this story, um, uh, and hot take here, I don't like when Alex Maleev does traditional superhero stories. I think he's right. better at the um, noir stuff and the yeah. less cape and I mean, like Daredevil being kind of the exception of the rule, I guess. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. Mike Perkins, I think when he's drawing Superman or Batman or the Question. Or Wonder Woman and all the multiverse shenanigans yeah. that happens throughout the story. I loved it. So, um, yeah. and we'll get into all that. Um, but first, uh, Chris, let me ask you: What of of eighty five years of Superman and Lois Lane stories? What what drew you to this one? What was the one that you were like, oh no, no, this is the one we got to talk about because it's fairly yeah. recent. It is. Um, I love Superman, so there there were plenty I could have chosen, but. Uh, like you're saying, I, I knew instinctively people would choose those. And at the end of the day, in my mind, Superman is the world's hero and Lois Lane is Superman's hero. Yes. And so I wanted to celebrate her because there would be no point to a Superman story without Lois Lane. Yes. Like they are more than any other ship in the whole DC universe. I think they are essential to each other. They are the soulmates of the dc universe and i kind of yeah. like even this comic says that renee who's not exactly like a romantic actually has a moment where she's like that's what love looks like yep, yep. um so i i wanted something that was her but i also i think it's really fun because this story is just her specifically by her choice like superman is not allowed to be part of it he shows up <laughs> yep. but he's not allowed to meddle and so it's her being her just quintessential self and it's exactly why we all love her. You know, I think that's what, that's what drew me to it. Well, and, and on the Superman side for a second, it, it says yeah. a lot about him as a character and the way Greg Rucker mm -hmm. writes him that he, she says, I've got this. Don't worry about me. Trust me. Oh yeah. And that. he, and he does, he steps away. He yeah. lets her take care of it. It, you know, because it, it would be so easy for 
-hmm. and and other stories have done this for sure. him to keep interfering for him to keep jumping in and trying to save her and her getting pissed and that's the that's the story right but and 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 that's been done and that's all well and good but at this point in these characters uh uh, relationship, it just makes sense for her to say, babe, I got this. You got to trust yeah. me. And he goes, okay. Yep. You know, and, uh, it, it and even, and it's even kind of said to Batman at a point, you know, it's like, Hey, oh, yeah. Lois Lane's taking care of it. And Batman's like, okay. You know, yeah. even, even the, the least trusting person in the DC universe is like, right. I trust you. That yeah. says, that says, um, it says a lot about the Lois Lane character who, you know, and I love the way you put that. Uh, a friend of mine, Lauren Wynn, like her favorite character in the entire universe is is Lois Lane, and yeah. she's always quoted that saying that Clark Kent is is Superman, and Superman protects the world, but mm -hmm. Lois Lane is Clark Kent's Superman. Yeah, and and that's you know I get chills thinking about that because oh, it's yeah. it's beautiful, and it and that's when you talk about relationship goals, like there it yeah, is right, right there, right? You know, like I just 100%. want to have a partner that's like Lois Lane, who's cool and tough and doesn't take any shit from anybody, but is also, you know, when she needs to be, she'll be vulnerable. When she needs Superman, she'll call for Superman. But yeah. nine times out of 10, she doesn't need Superman's help. Yeah, and he no. knows that, you know? <laughs> they are by far the most functional relationship in DC Comics. That's a, that's like a low bar, I think. <laughs> oh, sure. We don't have a lot of functional relationships happening, but they are, like, I mean, they're they're beautiful. <laughs> aren't Batman and Catwoman going to go to war in the comics oh, coming up soon? Which I, <laughs> I don't I'm even not, know. I, for, I, was, I was defending Chip Zdarsky saying, I like a lot of the wacky stuff he's been doing in the comics. It's been great. And then they're like, there's a Batman-Catwoman war coming. I'm like, nope. I'm, uh, I mean, <laughs> look, I'll buy it when I see it. I, I know how these things go. There's a war, but then it like is five seconds, and then they're back to on each other's side. So I don't, I don't like I, I, It's the cell comics. <laughs> I, I, uh, you're 100% right, but it still doesn't make it any less frustrating. Oh, yeah. So. No, I know. I do like Ships of Dark Seas run, I will say. But, I, same, same, yeah. Uh, but his, you're right. Catwoman and Batman is one of the, <laughs> the more frustrating. I don't even know if you can call it a slow burn at this point as, as much as a like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what's frustrating. Uh, you know, if Tom King had had his way, they'd be married and they, you know. I know. RIP that series. Goodness. <laughs> and, and DC was just like, well, we'll do it as like a black label thing, but that can't be the real thing. And, and but, you know, mm -hmm. on the Marvel side of things, it's the same thing with Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they can't be together because that means that Spider-Man's growing up. And I'm like, I don't know how to break it to you, man, but we're all growing up. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know what you mean. I just read a comic where Spider-Man, this is probably a while ago, but I read a comic where Spider-Man literally is like, he's become the man because he's so old at this point. Let him get married. He's like yeah. got a 401k. <laughs> <laughs> he's filing for social security. Yes. Uh he had to he had to fix the web shooters because they were giving him arthritis. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but uh, so, but but getting back to our Lois Lane discussion yes. here, um, th this story is great because it's it's very much in uh, Greg Rucka's wheelhouse. The, yeah. the noir, like uh, even though she's Lois Lane, she still is kind of the underdog in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, yeah. And and I think that that's what's great about it because we get to we get to see this very grounded, you know, uh, 
slightly more realistic side of the DC universe than we get yeah. because, you know, let's face it, the DC universe is filled with, you know, I mean, James Gunn called it, right? Gods and monsters. Sure. Um, so having Lois Lane just deal with fairly human problems and, and not just in her relationship, but with, you know, wanting to expose the truth, wanting to have the truth be the, the most important thing out there. And especially when this comic was coming out back in like, you know, the, 2018 19 up till uh, 2020 yeah. you know when it's like well the truth was could you even have called it subjective at that point yeah. it's we're still dealing with all the fallout from all that bullshit yeah absolutely. and and you gotta imagine that greg rucka was like it was like i know how to do this because i know how lois lane would handle all this stuff and yeah. and fuck if it wasn't like perfect <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right absolutely i mean she she was the hero we needed right and right. need uh yeah i think you're right this it's such a powerful story because we've had such a time of journalism being under attack and the truth being under attack to have him go we need a lois lane story because that's what she is she is yep. the truth she is the power of journalism she and to see her like really do it like it is a good depiction of what journalism is i mean obviously there's some super powered shenanigans happening but sure. it's still her doing like legit boots on the ground journalism mm -hmm. and I, I think that was just like a really timely and powerful thing that unfortunately reading it to like today i was like still feels just as relevant as it did a few years ago mm -hmm. it, it's it's that aspect of the character that I think, yeah. I mean, when we say it's Superman's 85th anniversary, we're also saying it's Lois Lane's uh, 85th anniversary because yeah. from action comics, number one to, to now, mm -hmm. she has always been that crusading reporter saying, yeah. you know, just truth and justice are the most important thing in the world or the most yeah. important things in the world. And <laughs> sorry, that was my cat knocking something over. It's okay. He didn't break it. Oh my dude, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Just being rude. <laughs> Hi, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he peed on my bed earlier, so I'm not happy with him. Uh, he uh but it and it's funny because I think those older comics, Lois mm. Lane could come across as as shrill or something, right? You know, right. She wasn't written the best. But no. and, but then again, <laughs> neither was Clark. He was True. kind of an asshole back then. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I think what works about the story, about her character development, is that right from the get-go, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. Superman has changed a lot throughout yeah. 85 years. You know, I mean, he started off very rough and tumble, you know, mm -hmm. beaten up corrupt landlords and stuff. And that comes from Siegel and Schuster being, sure. you know, just Jewish immigrants who are tired of being pushed around by the yeah. system. And Lois Lane being the crusading reporter saying, you know, the only yeah. thing that matters is truth and we're going after the truth. And for as much as Superman has changed and evolved over the years, Lois kind of hasn't in a weird way. And I don't, I don't mean that as a knock. No, it, I think it's good. It, it Because we need that, right? We need somebody who's going to be smart and capable um, yeah. of all places. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. I went uh, a few years ago, well, five years ago at the uh, New York comic-con. Uh, I went to the Lois and Clark, what was it like 25th anniversary panel. So it was Dean Cain uh -huh. and Terry Hatcher. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Dean and Dean Kane brought up that their show wouldn't have worked if it wasn't for Lois Lane, that Lois Lane was the the driving force. She was pushing yeah. all the stories. And and you know, of all people, Dean Kane is you're saying, right. So. You're like, <laughs> but well, he was he was hundred percent right though. Um yeah. that she was the most important character. Like Superman oh, yeah. was kind of a uh, you know, at least, you know, in later seasons, they did more Superman heavy stuff. But in the first season is very much Lois mm -hmm. Lane being like the smartest woman in the world. Yeah. You know, solving. Absolutely. Solving all the problems in Metropolis. And that's yeah what Rucka in, in Mike Perkins in this mm -hmm. 12 issue series kind of uh, dig into that. Well, yeah. Lois Lane's going to figure some figure some stuff out and she doesn't need Superman. Oh, he's there. Yeah, but she doesn't need him, so it's. And I don't know. I don't know how to. You know. I don't no, know. No, I get. I get you. You know what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I'm rambling. <laughs> You're good. I really liked that about the. And I'm not caught up, so if newer seasons are not as good, I don't know. But I really liked that about what I've seen of Superman and Lois so far too. Is that she yes. gets her own plot lines. She she is just such a powerful badass of that show, and he trusts her. Like I really love how they do the dynamic um, there as well. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel that. I, I love I love that she is... It, DC Comics has improved on how they write the girlfriend, but there's still <laughs> plenty of bullshit. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Sure, you know, sure. the love interests are not always as fleshed out. And even ones that we love, it doesn't mean every comic. Like, I love Iris West, but is Iris West always a real character in every comic currently coming out? No. You know, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah uh but the, the way that as you're pointing out like she hasn't changed but their relationship has changed as people have changed how we they write superman um to coming to this place where she's never a damsel in distress anymore that's not a thing for lois yeah. lane and they are a partnership. A lot of the stories, again, I'm bringing up Iris West because I feel like Flash and uh, Barry and Iris are particularly bad about this. But Spider-Man mm -hmm. and MJ are too. So we'll throw either one of them out there where it's like, let's do the reset where, you know, she doesn't know his identity and he lies to protect her. And we're just doing that story over and over again every time there's a reboot. But with Superman and Lois, it's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. They are a partnership. They know what's going on with each other. And they are each other's first priority all the time in such a yep. really healthy non-toxic masculinity way that is honestly yep. so lovely to see in all of the comics about superman coming out right now like you don't have the one where she's not written well i feel like all of them consistently have that right now well it's what's really great about it and what's the kind of the fun of this story yeah. is um th this was so this was right before uh bendis did uh, the uh the superman revealing his identity story yeah which, yeah. which I, I will admit that I really like that story. Mm -hmm. What, what bums me out is that that should have been like the biggest Superman story since the death of Superman. Yeah, and it kind of just came and went. Mm -hmm. um, who knows why? But uh, you know, it, so that's kind of a bummer on that end. But um, so I like the idea that throughout the story, there's this thing where like Lois is being accused of cheating on her husband with Superman. So and funny! I, I loved that bit. <laughs> And it's and it's what what's great about it is is that Lois and you know like Clark is really bothered by it, but Lois is just like, dude, who cares? Yeah, Lois you is know? like, I am a woman on the internet. You think this is the first time they've called me a whore? You know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. right? It, I actually thought that conversation was quite powerful because she was like, 
look, you understand a lot. And of men, you're probably the best one, but you're still never going to understand what it's like to be a woman in the world. And he had to be like, yep, got myself checked. I understand. You're right. (laughs) And, and I, and again, I like that he, he listens to her and he appreciates that because it, it it would, it's almost, (laughs) it's almost boring in a way that he just kind of is like, okay, cool. I get it. But it's, but it's but new, and I think that makes it not boring. At least to me, I'm like, wow, you don't ever see this. Right, that, that's what I mean. It's yeah. uh, it's it could be done that way, but because, but because Rucka is a is a great writer, yeah, so it, it comes across as, you know, like like the stuff I always say in my, in both of my shows that mm-hmm. that emotional reality rings true, right? That yeah. she's like, hey, like y- you don't really know what I'm going through. So yeah, when I say it, it's this is nothing to me, and yeah. he's just like. Okay, I get it. Yeah, and because you can feel like a healthy marriage yeah. would have that conversation, you know. Yeah, yeah. And- I think especially in being someone who talks about comics on the internet, uh, <laughs> a lot of t- <laughs> I've been accused a few times of saying that every male superhero is toxic, and I would like to be on the record here. I never said that about Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you weren't, well, if we, this is, conversation was happening in 1955, oh, you'd have a different conversation sure. about Superman. <laughs> Modern Superman, our, yes. our sweet boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I do like the the softness that's been added to his character a lot, um, the modern Superman. I think that's very important to who he is. I, I, I totally agree because there's something to be said about the idea of, shifting masculinity that it isn't just you know men don't have feelings you know men are tough you know blah 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 you know you know show some balls man or whatever yeah right discussion it's no this is this is a man who's in touch with his feelings who listens to his wife Mm -hmm. and and he gets upset like he he acts out against some of these other people and then but when his wife calls him out and says that's not okay that you did that yeah he he has to take a step back and go. Okay, you're right, and that's and again, that's just the hallmark of a more 2023 type of yeah. masculinity. Men it's suddenly it's like you know because I because I, I grew up in that kind of environment. Sure. Like you don't yeah. like you know you don't you don't cry. You don't show your feelings. I had mm-hmm. you know, depression and anger issues for years because of that. Because it's like Absolutely. suddenly it's like oh. Uh, wait, I'm allowed to feel things. I'm allowed yeah. to be upset about something. I'm allowed to cry. Yeah. You know, uh, I rewatched um, A League of Their Own last night and I was uh, bawling my eyes yes. out. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's just, I was like, these sisters, they just can't get along. You know? <laughs> just, oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's something so powerful about making the world's most powerful character. I mean, he is the top. Be someone yeah. who is capable of being sensitive because yeah. nobody's going to sit here and be like, Superman, you know, that's a sissy, right? There. <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. having him be the one in the DC universe that's representing that kind of positive masculinity is so powerful. Yep. Um, on top of all the bajillion things that he represents being an immigrant to this planet, you know, being other in, in a very significant way. I think it's powerful to have him then also be kind and compassionate and soft when he, if he chose not to be, I mean, you know, we've, we've read a uh, kingdom come. If he chose not to be, he oh, certainly, yeah. you know, could, uh, fuck shit up. <laughs> oh yeah. 
and, and and at least Kingdom Come, in terms of the Lois dying and how it affects Superman stories, yeah, at least Kingdom Come did it in a way that didn't turn him into a monster. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just kind of, and and not even because she died, but because right. of the way Magog was handled. That's yeah. what turned him off. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of realizing it as I'm saying it. I'm like, yeah. So he doesn't always have to turn into a psychopath. No, no, and honestly, so suck at Zack Snyder, <laughs> right? Honestly, but and I think that you know the Superman we have in this story, I don't think he would turn into a psycho because she died. No. Because I think he would know that would dishonor her memory more than anything he else he could do. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know. So suck at Zack Snyder. <laughs> I I have many issues with, with uh, Zack oh, Snyder. Same. Oh, uh, same. No, don't get me wrong. I I I loved. Uh, I actually am a huge fan of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, yeah. and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and I think yeah. the way Wonder Woman and Lois Lane are done in those is amazing. But the story he was going to tell, uh, I'm very glad he didn't get to tell that story. <laughs> so, um, because. Yeah. It's it's more interesting when the heroes get to be heroes as opposed to faltering. And, I agree. And I love that you know we th in this story you have Lois who tries to keep Superman away from everything, but and, and not even because of ego or like mm -hmm. I'm a big no. girl, I could do it. I don't need you. I don't no. need a man to rescue me. She's just very much like she, she kind of says it like you have other stuff to deal with. I yeah. am going to deal with things i need to deal with yeah let me do my job <laughs> right and and he's yeah. like and he just can't argue with that he's like yeah you're right and and there's the great scene toward you know in like the middle of the series when he comes to talk to her and he's like well lois i just want to make sure hang on there's a fire and he like speeds out comes back that he's scene like it's so funny <laughs> it, it's just because you just see lois just like roll her eyes like mm -hmm, okay yeah, so anyway, what I was saying, Clark, and he's like, well, hold on, attempted suicide, <laughs> it's out the window. It's, you know, yeah. she, it, it's, it's great because she recognizes that he has something to do. He has a bigger part to play. Um, yeah. Something that I think the, um, uh, you know, it, it gets kind of, <laughs> a lot of fans aren't big, aren't big on it, but I love it. Like the, the series finale of Smallville. Um, yeah, I, I love the idea that Lois wants to break up with Clark because she's like, I'm holding you back. You yeah. belong to the world and I can't, you know, I, I, I shouldn't take that away from them. And and then he's like, but I want to be with you. Like, I I can do both and he can. Yeah. And it, it takes her a minute to kind of get over herself and go, OK, yes, yeah. you're my best friend. I love you. Let's yeah, let's get married. And, you know. Everything else oh, that absolutely. happened. I mean, you know, <laughs> CGI Superman costume aside, because Tom Welling <laughs> didn't want to wear a suit. Um, that's a whole other discussion. Oh, but, Tom. <laughs> but, but all that I really, really loved. And and it's also evident in in Superman and Lois. And again, I'm not caught up either. Yeah. I've, I'm, I know what happens because the internet loves to go, did you see Superman and Lois? If you didn't, <laughs> let me tell you what happens. And right. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> but... Uh, but throughout season one, we get this really great story with her and uh, yeah. and and not just her, but uh, her relationship in another universe, not just with John Henry Irons, but with Superman yeah. and and see how she's kind of unshakable. She's always Lois Lane, you know, even if he's going to be a, 
an evil dictator in another universe or something or you know um she he's she's going to be the one saying i'm standing up to you you know because somebody has to even though in season one obviously Mm -hmm. it cost her her life in that other universe sure but but i i loved all that because i thought yeah again you know and i almost want to say no offense to zack snyder but but some offense you know a little offense (laughs) it's like you know what what makes lois great isn't Mm -hmm. that she's superman's girlfriend it's that she's she's somebody special to the world just like he is somebody special to the world yeah that that's why they work together and i and the flip side of that being batman i think what's great about batman stories the best batman stories and you talk about them all the time on your show are the stories with his his kids yeah because you know he didn't get he lost his family and now he gets to build his own family and those are some of the best stories like um i you know i I put on uh like facebook uh, for father's day the uh nightwing number 100 right uh when when nightwing hugs batman and says i love you dad and i and granted i've been watching a lot of i think you should leave so i'm a little bit of the truth but i said i read this comic at uh, on my lunch break at work, and I cried so hard that I had to be escor- escorted out of the building, <laughs> something like that. And, and my That's sister funny. texted me, and she was like, "Is that true?" I'm like, "No, it's not no. true." <laughs> I just, I just, I was in like a Tim Robinson mood and wanted to add some flavor to it. Yeah, but yep. but funny. I did cry reading that because right. it was beautiful. Um, yeah, and same with Lois in in some of these sto- in in this story where absolutely she gets to she's the hero she's the tough one you know she has the the one variant cover where she's you know you know doing like the superman shirt rip but it's her press badge ah i love that so much it's it's such a cool image and if i ever get to see bitsy tula get a at a comic con that's the comic i want her to sign oh absolutely Um, yeah and and uh and terry hatcher when she was lois you know was very much the same way just you know someone who just kind of didn't take any shit from anyone but then when she could be vulnerable and we get a lot of that lois in here you know especially the 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 story you know the issue that is is a tie into the leviathan event um right which truth be told i read that when it came out four or five years ago yeah i couldn't Couldn't tell tell you what happened yeah is that the splintering stuff because i I knew that at one point but i was like what is the splintering involved with Literally, I have literally no idea. I'd have to reread it. There, yeah, there was a certain part of like I think the last two issues where I was like, uh huh, uh huh. So we're talking about the snap. Oh no, wait, that's the MCU. <laughs> it, it, something happened. It and I sounded think, exactly the same, which it, is what cracked me up. They were like, yeah. we need to set up mental health for people who went through the splintering, and I was like, is this the Falcon and Winter Soldier again? What's up? <laughs> it. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, but no idea. No idea. That, I'm sure I knew once. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, maybe five years ago, I, I would have said, uh, "Bendis wrote it," and there's a yeah. there's a spy organization, and <laughs> and I would just be like, anyway, uh, let's change the subject. <laughs> so, but uh, but with um, but with that issue, you know, mm-hmm. getting to see the 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 tough and stern, you know, doesn't yeah. take any shit from anyone, Lois, having to grieve the loss of her father and yeah. the, the complicated relationship she had with him. 
the complicated relationship he had with Superman. Absolutely. Um, and all of that, again, the, the emotional reality of that, that might have been my favorite issue of the, of the series. Oh, so good. Because I, I, I was sitting there going, I, I get all this. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm a girl dad. So all the father-daughter stuff just hits totally differently. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, but it, at the same time, it, even not counting that, just going, you know what? Like, I think what's great about this is that you get where Sam Lane is coming from with mm -hmm. how he treats Superman. Yeah. And you get where Lois Lane is coming from with how he treats Superman. And you yeah. also get how they're looking at each other going and both of them saying almost at the same time, why can't you see this from my point of view? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's something very real about that. Um, Cause who can't relate to bringing someone home and, and a father, a brother, a sister, right. mother just goes, so who's this person? Yeah. And what, what's the deal? <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's very fun to me that even Superman has yep. problems with his in-laws. Yep. Like. Uh, another thing I think that season 10 did really well with uh, yeah. the, the Clark and, and Sam relationship. And, and also there's just no way that Sam Lane wouldn't know that Clark Kent is Superman. Like, come on. I, know. <laughs> I, I think it, I, I don't know if he did in the comics. He he must have. Right. Um, I, also, I think Sam Lane's alive now. I don't know for sure. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Even, what, it, what is the continuity? <laughs> it, it's whatever they want it to be. Yeah. Pretty much. We always when, joke about um, continuity on our show because of the Bat family age dilemma. Yes. <laughs> Which is that over time, the age gaps between all the Bat family members have shrunk into where it literally would have to be that Bruce adopted one a year to make yeah. their ages make any sense. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's just not possible. <laughs> well, it's it's also that Bruce Wayne has been 35 for, you know, yeah. for, forever. Yes. <laughs> and yes. maybe he's using Lazarus bits and just isn't telling anyone. I don't know. <laughs> there, there is literally a panel in the Snyder run that, that Scott's, the superior Snyder, let's be honest, uh, Scott Snyder <laughs> run. That uh, Wonderful guy, too, if you've ever gotten to meet him. He's a, yeah. he's a yeah. lovely human being. Oh, yeah. There's one where it implies that he adopted Tick Grayson when he was 19. Mm. <laughs> that one gets shared around a lot because technically it should still be canon, but we're all like, they definitely pretend that didn't happen now, Well, right? the, the new 52 was, you know, <sighs> Jeff Johns, when he did Rebirth, he basically said, yeah, we fucked up. We're trying again. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't know. But it is always funny to me to be like, which stuff stuck and which stuff didn't. I don't know. I don't know. None it, of us know. Nobody knows. If if it isn't Batman and Green Lantern, it probably didn't stick. <laughs> so that's what uh, I'm saying. The Batman uh, stuff's what throws me. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's also probably what's throwing DC films at this point. They're just like, they're like, I mean, we put Batman in the goddamn Flash movie, and it's still bombing. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> didn't um, didn't put enough Batman. <laughs> Sorry. It literally had two Batmans in it. <laughs> I know, but it apparently was not enough to save that dumpster fire. I, it's look on that tangent for a second. I think the movie is great, but yeah. I also think that um, the it, it, it it's what I think about with a lot of these these types yeah. of movies it's part of the reason i didn't care well, i haven't seen it yet but I, I don't care to i'll get to the black widow movie when i get to it because in my mind that movie should have come out a long time ago sure so yes. when it came out after the character's been killed off now i'm like I, I don't know why i should care yeah and same with the flash where it's like you, you had 
decades to get this right. And you just, mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing. <laughs> and it, and it's not going to be canon in like two minutes. So <laughs> right, yeah, no. you know, there's, there's a degree where it's like, we know it's rebooting. So, uh, <laughs> like, so we'll, you know, the audience will just, you know, they'll watch it on HBO max, maybe one yeah. night when they're just drunk with their friends or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, that's how I felt about Black Adam. I I watched it oh God. in the movie theater, and I I was like, I was like, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. And then like I watched it on HBO Max a couple months later, and I was like, well, Pierce Brosnan's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like doc- the Doctor Fate visuals are amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gra- uh, um, Blue Beetle looks amazing. So we'll <laughs> not. And, and again, that's the one I'm here for. Yeah, I I'm I'm down with Blue Beetle, uh, if for no yeah. other reason than I'm excited for the the diversity aspect of it, yeah, and too. just you know, as as much as I love Superman, I love yeah. Batman, I love Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, Gal Gadot is different, but it's like I like know, the first Wonder Woman a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great, mm-hmm. but it's like let's let's get some let's get some diversity in here. Let's yeah, let's show let's, the the other side of the track, so to speak. You right, know? Let's literally have anyone but the main few that we keep seeming to need to remake. Right. Which you know, I'm not totally against as long as they do other things too. But yeah, and it's just uh, uh you know, and again on that tangent for a minute, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily agree with superhero fatigue because no, when you no. when you look at the numbers, Guardians three is doing gangbusters yeah uh, across the spider-verse is breaking all sorts of animated records as it deserves yeah um but it's also like you know th- what's working about those is that those are stories that have an emotional reality that's unique to them and yeah. some of these other stories just aren't tapping into it the way they could or the way they should um so and and we'll get into it you know later when we wrap up but that's part of the reason i'm super excited for james gunn to take over and 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 do his take on superman because i think that's what i was gonna bring up actually yeah oh yeah go for it go for it yeah (laughs) no i just got i got very excited um with this casting i'm gonna look up his name right now because i just know him as the guy from all the ryan murphy shows but um his name is (laughs) david corin sweat i think I, I think that's how you say it. He, and the first time American has been Superman in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But specifically, the very first Jewish Superman. And, you know, coming back to what you were saying yeah. about the original creators making Superman as sort of this escapism, this like catharsis of their pain as, you know, Jewish immigrants, to have now this legacy being honored where a Jewish actor is actually playing him. It's kind of amazing. Like, I really yeah. am excited about that. I, I didn't even think of that, but that's that's beautiful. I'm, I'm yeah. very excited about that. Um, and, you know, and Rachel uh, Brosnan or... Is yeah, that Brosnahan, isn't it? Brosnahan, something like that. Something like that. I've never seen, um, excuse me, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. Uh, I I know it's, it's gotten like a, a million accolades. Yeah, uh, I loved her on uh, House of Cards. Yeah, so it's nice. She's to know. very talented. Yeah, so mm-hmm. and that's and that's what these characters need. They need they need talent behind them. They need great writing behind them. And getting back to this story, yeah, yes, you know it's this this is a story that I think it, you know can in a weird way can sort of only be done in comics, right? Like we can yeah. 
they we could they could do like a Lois Lane HBO Max movie or even oh, give her I'm, her own movie or something. Oh my god, you know? give give a like James Gunn show like the Peacemaker, but it's just Lois Lane. Are you kidding? I would die. It would it would be <laughs> it, well. That's the thing. Like if, if Peacemaker can work, a fucking Lois Lane show would be gangbusters. Somebody, please. <laughs> oh my god, make it written by a woman and like that's oh my god, that's all. Somebody make it happen, please. <laughs> I didn't know well, I wanted this, but it needs Renee Montoya in it. Like, let's do it. Well, that was, they were going to do, when they first announced the DC Universe app, they they said they were doing, yeah. they were doing Titans, they were doing Swamp Thing, they were doing um, oh, I know. Doom Patrol, and there was a Metropolis show that was going to be starring Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. I and, remember, RIP. And my thought process at the time was like, you know what, like, I was there for 10 years of Smallville. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to check it out. And unfortunately that, that never went anywhere, but yeah. you can imagine, you know, somewhere in the multiverse that does exist and is probably, <laughs> you know, is, is huge because uh, I think that Lois Lane is a strong enough character. I mean, there's a reason that the, like I said before, the show was called Lois and Clark, right. Yeah. You know, and, and the show now is called Superman and Lois. Yeah. Because, she is just as important as he is mm -hmm. and is driving the stories just as much as he is. Yeah. Sure. sure it's fun to have the, you know, the, the Kryptonians taking over people's bodies or, sure. you know, all the, all the magic stuff that happens in this story. Right. You know, and the discussions of the multiverse or whatever, all oh, that's well and good. And, you know, I'm, and I love those panels. I'm eating them up, looking at them going, Oh, that's from action comics. Number one. And that's from this. And that's from this. And, you know, Oh my gosh, yeah. when did that happen? You know, like Superman as a gladiator. That's cool. You know, whatever, <laughs> but you know, that's all icing on the cake to this really great story where Lois Lane is, she's not at the daily planet. I mean, she's mm -hmm. contributing stuff, but she's right. out on her own. You know, Superman's not there to help her slightly by design, but yes. <laughs> but also she's she's getting things done. She's yeah. She's uh, and and but she's also understanding her limitations, which is mm -hmm. why she hires Renee Montoya. Right, a, Montoya. I think it's a Montoya. Sorry about that, <laughs> Montoya. Uh, to to be her bodyguard, to be yeah. her informant, to be someone who's going to look after her because it's like, you know. Yeah. I, Superman has the world to look after. Like, I need you to look after me. Yes. And and also, like, can we just get some more Ren Renee Montoya as the question? Oh, my God, can, yes. Can, can Greg Rucka write that comic till the day he dies? Because it was... I loved it. It was fun. I, oh, my God. And, and even the way she talks to Batman, you yes. know... And, you know, uh, and I, I will say that I love she turns on the bat signal and the bat right. signal looks like from Batman v Superman. Right. Yes. Um, so I, I like that design and everything. Um, but uh, I also love that he's like she's like, hey, I need I need your help. You're like, here's this this kiss of death assassin. Can you know, can you help us out? And he's like, all right, give me an hour. And, you know, he comes back and and she's just kind of teasing him a little bit like, you know, uh it's like, isn't it weird that this person doesn't have a face? And Batman just kind of gives her a look, and she's like, "You want to say it takes one to know one? Don't." don't <laughs> like, You'll feel better if you say it. And he's like, "No, I won't." <laughs> just, I know, I love and, it. And Greg Rucka, in a way, like you know, with uh, Gotham Central when he was on that mm -hmm. on that story, him and Ed Brubaker, some of my favorite Batman stuff. It's like I didn't even realize it till I got older. I was like, 
you know what is great about when Michael Keaton was Batman? Yeah. And and even the way um, Pattinson plays him in the new film. Yes. Yeah. What's great is that he doesn't talk much, but when he does talk, you listen. Yeah. And, and when he's in the room with you, it's just all eyes are on him. Yeah. And and I think what's great is that we have a little bit of that with that Batman, like just just for like a few just a few pages, mm-hmm. and and then even just them talking about um, how he says like, oh, you know, this this is someone that might be part of the occult, so mm-hmm. Superman may not be much help anyway. And then yeah. like, like later, Lois is like, and Superman says like, I think Bruce kind of liked that he could get one up on me by saying that. And Lois is like, of course he did. You yeah, know? like just like we, we've met him, obviously. This, <laughs> the, like the the best friend talk, kind of yeah. like, you know, oh, my best friend said this about me. He's like, of course he said that. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that she, Lois Lane, kind of just has each superhero's number. <laughs> She's just like, I get yeah. them. I know what's going on here, and I love that. It's very cute. It, it and it makes sense too because you figure that Lois Lane. You know, you you were talking about Iris West earlier, like. Yeah. Um, like Iris is is a good character and everything, but she's just not, and probably never will be on Lois Lane's level. No. Um, as much as the character Especially, admittedly yeah. wants to be that way. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think what's great about Lois is that she, when, and not even just because of Superman, but because of who she is, mm-hmm. when she talks, the other heroes listen. Like I said before, yeah. you know she's you know renee says lois says we're taking care of this and batman's like okay okay yeah lois lane like, gets it yeah and if you if you need me call me but we're right. i'm out of here i mean he doesn't say it but you'd figure that batman would right. be there <laughs> you know uh, there's always that joke about how batman never wants to cross wonder woman because you know he, she's the one person he doesn't have a plan for i feel sure. like it, she's one of two people because he, i feel like he would never cross lois lane like that's just something that he'd be like no I, i'm not doing yeah. it <laughs> I, I 100% agree, and and it just goes to show the the respect that he has for these for a lot of these characters, and yeah, um, and and even like Wonder Woman to an extent, you know, there's there's yeah. been, you know, it, it doesn't happen in this story, but when there was uh, stories about like when Superman and Wonder Woman were dating, and then when they broke up, and how like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and Lois Lane kind of interacted after that, yeah, I, I thought was really great, and it just shows that. Well, this isn't just the love interest for Superman. Oh, yeah. This is no. this isn't just somebody who's, you know, eye candy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can have an Erica Durant or a Bitsy Tulek, you know, <laughs> and Rachel uh, Brosnan or Brosnahan. We'll figure it out someday how to pronounce her name. Um, but you know, who are you know, attract objectively very attractive women. Mm-hmm. But it, again, that doesn't mean a damn thing if the character isn't well written. Yeah. And I would argue that we've seen many Lois Lanes that were oh, yeah. not well-written. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the comic writer, Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, talked about the lampshade theory of female characters. Have you heard this? No. <laughs> She's, she basically said, to know if your characters are well-written women, ask yourself, could they be replaced by a lamp and not nothing change about your story? <laughs> <laughs> And it's unfortunate how many like superhero love interest. I mean, other than Catwoman, basically every love interest Bruce Wayne has ever had could be replaced by a lampshade and nothing would change. I'm sorry, Vicki Vale. Um, You are not (laughs) Lois Lane. (laughs) Um, No. 
<laughs> no, that, that's, I, I love that. Um, actually, if any of you are interested to go back and listen to the commentary track that uh, my, my friends and I did on Batman Forever, my friend Adele, yeah. uh, you know, we were talking about, I was like, oh, when did you first see the movie? You know, what do you think of it? And she was quick to say that uh, Nicole Kidman's character uh, has no character. She's yeah. there to be eye candy and to be Batman's love interest. Yeah. And she doesn't really have an arc in the story. And she said all of that. And it was like three guys. Uh, we were all in the room and we all looked at each other and went, oh, my gosh, she's right. Like all these years, we were like, isn't this a cool character? And it's like, oh, maybe we were just looking right. at her boobs the whole time. Yeah, know. right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, luckily, I think when we get to Lois Lane, it, you know, and I, I'm sure James Gunn feels this way. And, you know, obviously Greg Greco feels this way because yeah. you can have a 12-issue Lois Lane story that's going to tell a great story. Um, and she doesn't she doesn't feel like an idiot she doesn't feel mm -hmm. like oh, you know never. like what like, does she you know she says she knows what's going on but does she really know what's going on mm -hmm. and but keeping that that toughness that brassness yeah that comes from being raised a military brat yeah that, that comes from wanting to be the the best in journalism partially because she's you know not just because she wants the truth to be told but because because she is a woman and she's wants to be taken seriously. Yeah. So she's earned her place. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Oh my goodness. Uh, when, when you talk about, uh, you know, great superhero characters, um, when you, you can't have a discussion about Superman without Lois Lane. Yeah. I love, there's even a moment in the comic. There's all these like very small blink and you miss it moments that I think are very powerful. There's one where she walks in and, uh, um, Perry is like, oh, I knew it was either you or Wonder Woman because the whole bullpen went silent. Yep. And, you know, and it's exactly that, right? Like she commands a room in the same way as a all-powerful Amazon, you know, yep. Yep. while being a human. And, you know, and, and not only that, but going back to what we were saying before about mm -hmm. the way Lois was treated and how yeah. she and Clark are walking down the street and some guy's just like, oh, whore, slut, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and Clark gets really upset, but Lois just has to, just goes, yeah. yeah I I can't let it get to me, you know. Yeah. Because I, I think he says something like that, right? Where he's just like, "How does this not bother you?" And she's like, "Of course it does." But they're gonna right. say what, what they're gonna say, no matter what I do. Right. And yeah, he has that moment because he goes, uh, "Why aren't they saying the same things about Superman?" And she's like, right. "Oh, honey, yes. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me explain yeah. to you the world." <laughs> and and it also says i mean he's not in this story but it also says a lot that like somebody like lex Luthor is yeah. afraid of lois lane just oh, yeah. like he's afraid of superman right absolutely you know? uh, <laughs> and he should be yeah and because yeah. she she can do a lot you know quote unquote with the pen that superman can do with his fist right right um and that's what she she kind of reiterates through the story too you yeah. know like um and I love that when she's like typing away and her phone's ringing and Jessica Midnight's like, you're going to answer that? And she's like, what are you talking about? What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. She literally has to use a summoning spell to find the phone. I was yeah. dying. That was such a fun <laughs> moment. Um, so on, on, on those characters, so there's the sister Clarice and uh, yes. the Jessica Midnight characters. Um, I'll just ask, 
the hell are they? I don't know who these no people idea. are. <laughs> no, it's, oh, yes. it seemed like the. I mean, maybe even one of the issues said that that uh, Midnight was from some other story that was concurrently happening, and I was like, "Oh, great! I don't know what that story is. Have not read it. Don't don't know who it, she is. So but I it, guess this connects to something." <laughs> it, you know, uh, but that's despite the um, Leviathan tie-in, uh, right. just 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 a little bit. I do love that for the most part, the story yeah. was standalone. Yeah, um, I think I think that's really strong for it. And, and stuff that, you know, uh, part of the reason I think that some of the DC movies aren't hitting the way they should be is because, you know, when the audience learns, well, and I think this is just stupid logic to begin with, mm -hmm. but it's like, well, I mean, like, they're going to get rebooted in a couple of years, so right. who cares? It's like, okay, but the movie itself still might be good and fun, yeah. so maybe go see it and enjoy it. Um, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> no, I agree. I tend to like a good, like standalone story where you don't because i'm i'm never i'm quite deep into comics but i'm never up on all 900 batman comics concurrently coming out and i don't even know how one does that <laughs> uh, uh, same yeah no i right and so then I, you know in batman they'll be like ah oh, this happened at issue blah 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 of like of what of which what that series i haven't even heard of that series what are you talking about <laughs> I, that was that's the joke that I've made on the when we on the Spider Man book club we've done some yeah. Spider Verse comics and I said that, like at the bottom of almost every panel is some fucking like to know what this what's happening here read this and I'm just like no yeah no thank I'm you not doing that you're <laughs> making me angry by doing it on every fucking page so this is why I just have a very like. Uh, you know, as somebody who's my day job is being a therapist, I have a very like acceptance mindset about canon. I'm like, whatever I get, I get. And if sure. I don't get it, I let it flow through me. <laughs> I, and that's kind of the best way to do it because there's there's yeah, can't, like there's no way to keep need, up with all of it. You would need it to be your full time job. You would need to literally read comics constantly. Yeah. Um, to keep up with the the big families, right? And Oh, there's so many. There's just so many. I, yeah, I don't feel as as much like that with Superman some of the time, unless there's a big event happening, which again is now happening like twice a year. So, <laughs> I, well, the the nice thing about like the Night Terror stories, I feel like I can take a, a two month break from the comics and I'll catch the <laughs> trades. <laughs> you know? uh, well, did you, when they released that? Here's what you need to read for Night Terrors, and it was like fifty things long and i was like oh no i'm never gonna read night terrors okay <laughs> it's like well that's like, that's what the kidding? dc versus app for maybe on the weekends you know <laughs> right i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> it was so yeah. oh yeah but i feel like everything's it feels like it derails everything when they do these big events this often and they're not special when they're this often so it's just like yeah i feel like a lot of fans i don't know who out there is getting so jazzed for these because everyone i talk to is like oh god here we go again <laughs> hundred um, percent. I I said that I had event fatigue before Flashpoint yeah. came out, but Flashpoint won me over because I thought sure. the story was was so good. Um, but I was mostly just following the main Flashpoint story. Yeah, uh, I picked up a couple of the other things here and there, and I enjoyed most of them for the most part. Um, but you know, it's mm -hmm. like it, it's something like this, which is mm -hmm. its own thing. It's not an ongoing comic, which also kind of helps having just these 12 issues yeah. tell the story. Yeah. Like that, it's like, you know, uh, uh, and that's sort of how comic books are treated nowadays. Anyway, the mm -hmm. continuity is a little bit more like seasons of a TV show. Mm -hmm. Like we'll do like 25, 30, 40, mm -hmm. 50 issues. 
and then a new writer yeah. and artist will come on and they'll do their thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like a, you know, like you say, Ryan Murphy, like a Ryan Murphy show, right? Yes. <laughs> so every year it'll be a little different. There's some connective sure. tissue, but for the most part, it's its own thing. Um, which by the way, I feel that, um, DC does it better than Marvel because I feel like a, a Superman number one is much easier to read than like a Spider-Man number one. Yeah. Don't even get started on whatever X-Men is ever. I, I am furious about it. I theoretically, I love X-Men as a concept, but I, the fact that the continuity has never stopped, I'm just like, okay. It, well, it, it also change mid-issue <laughs> in some cases. And, yes. you know, and there's been too many times when they, they Marvel has tricked me and said, oh, no, no, th we're just focusing on this seven characters in this story. Yeah. And it lasts for what, like five issues? And then it's like, we're back in it. <laughs> yeah, now we have six other characters to introduce. I'm like, I'm What's done. happening? There's just yeah. too many of you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, X-Men. There's a reason I loved uh, X-Men 92, uh, the cartoon, oh. when I was a kid. Yes. Because just, uh, you could bring in other characters every now and then. X-Men Evolution, that show did it oh as well. Oh my God, that show was so good. I feel like it, not enough people appreciate Evolution. But that show was fun. That's also my favorite Apocalypse story, the, the way yeah. they did it on their show. Um, that's probably my but, favorite summer sibling story as well. Yeah, yeah. Right? Alex and Scott and like their parents. Like that was such a succinct way to make all of that nonsense canon into one thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and then the, the movies went and mucked it all up. <laughs> it, like almost immediately after they fixed it with Days of Future Past. Um, <laughs> God, but, Days of Future Past, such a good movie. And then other things Future. happened. Yeah. And then and then they did Apocalypse. And then yeah. all that stuff about Brian Singer came out and we all went, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then that then uh Dark Phoenix is still the single worst superhero movie I've ever seen. Uh that it's up there. <laughs> I, it's it's pretty bad. It's the only movie that the movie ended and the whole packed theater TJ and I were in was silent for just like a minute. And then the guy directly in front of us just loudly went, well, that fucking sucked. And we all agreed in unison. <laughs> I, I remember turning to my sister and going, okay. And she was like, yep. And there was exactly, just, like, there was exactly one thing that I like from that movie. And it is the thing that literally all my friends at this point are sick of me referencing. And it's the fact that Magneto... All he wants in that movie is to be just a cottagecore lesbian on his little island. <laughs> he just wants a little garden and they dragged him back in and none of it would have happened if they'd let him garden. <laughs> I, uh, that, well, that also kind of happens in Apocalypse as well. I like, know, just, I just know. let the man just be just on his let own. Him garden. He just wants a garden. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to be alone, man. <laughs> and then you humans keep fucking everything up. Well, in yeah. In Dark Phoenix, it was the mutants that fucked it up, yeah, but it still. Was, it was. <laughs> or it was Jean uh, Grey, I should say. Uh, but Yeah, after oh. X3, didn't think we were going to get a worse Dark Phoenix story, but we did. <laughs> we did. Um, which, you know, and, and on that tangent for just another minute here. Uh, yeah, please. Ha ha have you read what the original plan was for X-Men 3 when Singer was still involved? No. It was going to be like way better where it was going to be the X-Men and the Hellfire Club uh, learning that Jean Grey was alive. And she was basically like decimating yes. all these like places 
and th they were vying for control over like who was gonna quote unquote get that power and it just and i remember they were they wanted sigourney weaver to play emma frost and just a lot of stuff that they were talking about like, i'd have to I'll, I'll i'll look it back up and send you a yeah. link but it it sounded way better and then it got distilled into the the cure storyline which let's face it the cure storyline actually fits better with the the movies at that point yeah than the dark phoenix story did but yeah you know but sure was no i mean it makes sense <laughs> and yet it sure was too much movie for one movie and and then they they tried it again later it was still too much movie for mm. one movie <laughs> when it was just yeah. the phoenix storyline <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Those movies. I yeah. justice for James Marsden. He does a great Cyclops who had nothing interesting to do with those movies. For for a, a movie and I'd say at least a less than a third of the third film, but at least he got to come back in Future Past. So yeah, I just think he was great. He really deserved better. Somebody and, needs to get him a new agent. <laughs> well, r rumor is he's gonna cameo in. Uh, I know that's what 3, I keep so. hearing, and I'm so down for that. Ugh. Yeah. And especially, you just want Ryan Reynolds at Deadpool at one point to go, man, they really just gave you nothing, did they? <laughs> or something, know. you know? Because you know Please. he would. Oh, he would. And he should. And I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> uh, PC. <laughs> Lois Lane. What universe uh, are we in? <laughs> so let me, uh, let me ask you about uh, your... the So the Renee Montoya of it... Yes. Um, ...is, first and foremost... Uh, Greg Rucka kind of tapped into from his uh, Two Face story that had him outing her, yeah. and then the 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 fifty two book, you know, mm -hmm. where she became the question. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a character, and I feel like he's the only one that sort of is keeping the torch going <laughs> as yeah, far as great renamed stories. When I'm just reading this and going, other writers like she's right there she's great she's amazing and i yeah i love this i i love renee anytime she pops up uh which as you're pointing out is too scarce um but the fact that she just gets to be her like sarcastic little shit of a self all the way through this <laughs> yeah she, i just love how she's like you know sitting all crumpled up in chairs eating soup talking like there's just something so fun about yeah. how she's drawn and written in this that's like her personality bursts out all the time i like that she gets her little <laughs> psycho romance at the end yep yep i loved it this is a very i'm, I'm we just missed pride month with this episode but this was a very queer ending to this with her little sapphic romance even though i have no idea who that character is but apparently they have history who knew <laughs> somewhere in the multiverse they did somebody uh, knows they had history not me <laughs> well but 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 i think what works about the story is that even though we don't yeah. know it, it it still feels like it does. okay and it, it doesn't end with like a oh well she had to have a happy ending kind of thing it, no there was... it, it's a very cute like there's almost a harley and ivy to it where they're they're yeah. blowing things up together in the end and then they do the spider-man kiss but yep. on a tank <laughs> Which I thought was very yep. Renee, right? Where she, her, where Erica uh, leans down and she, upside down into the tank and they kiss. I, I also I love that they kiss and then there's like a moment where they look at each other and then they just full on make out. Yeah, straight it, up and as it, they're driving away from enemy territory. I was like, yeah. yes, that that to me that felt real and it did. It did. And I think that that's something again that you know 
Greg Rucka writes women very, very well. He um, does, yeah. Especially lesbian women, you know, where yeah. Batwoman and right. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it, Renee, it's like because yeah. I think he sort of understands the secret to it is that you're not writing a lesbian woman; you're writing a a woman in a relationship. So yeah. you don't need to focus on the fact that isn't it? Hey, isn't that cool? They're both women and they're hot and they're right. making out. Isn't that so cool? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like no, like they're yeah. They're, his his women never feel sexualized at all. Like right. they're they're just they're living and they're so they're allowed to be messy and get dirty and get blood on them and be funny and all the things that a lot of time gets sanded off of women characters. Because yeah. um, there's, there's like, like I said, the Harley and Ivy of it all. There's even a moment with Erica that I was cracking up about where she she leans up and she's like, stop shooting at my girlfriend. And then the gunfire stops and she has a moment of like, did that work? And then she realizes Renee has gotten a tank. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It's so good. I love it so much. And on that note, like one of the things I love about the way he writes Lois is this ongoing running joke about how she can't spell. <laughs> like just, that, that's um, that's that's a big part of her character that I know I and I am love, love it. Yeah. I know I love it, right? Because she is so incredible. She writes these amazing Pulitzer winning things, but she cannot like she she is an unbelievably bad speller to a point that Perry White is like dying inside whenever he receives a manuscript <laughs> I, I also love that that Clark calls it out at the end he's like I think you're doing that on purpose and she you know? does not deny or confirm yes <laughs> yeah. like and, what no and, nobody can. and again that's that's like a fun like married couple dynamic too it's like you're doing that on purpose like I don't know you know it's just, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm not <laughs> yeah that, that again that emotional storytelling is is, is really yeah. really great because you you get to have just those little character moments and yeah. And I love that uh, it's all the some of the best Lois Lane stories have always kind of come back to that. Yes. You know, like it's like uh, in uh, Batman Hush, she says, yeah, she's like, hey, Clark, did you know if you put a space in therapist, you get the <laughs> rapist? And he's like, he's like, yes, Lois, I knew that or something like yeah, that. You know? like, every, everyone knows that. Lois. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, that, that Sean Connery Celebrity Jeopardy things. I'll take the rapist for 400. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's, but again, even that aspect, there's, it still feels kind of real. And the reason I can say that is that I remember reading a story a long time ago where uh, a, a movie studio got this uh, first draft of a script that had all these spelling errors and grammatical so errors. Funny. And uh, it was the first draft of Star Wars. That's so you know? funny. <laughs> so like, you know, you, you can... It, it's it's sort of like the Sherlock Holmes thing. You can be a genius and mm. still be dumb in other ways. Yes, and, I love that for her. I really do. Because it adds to the, she's multidimensional. You know, she doesn't have to be perfect to be a good character. In fact, right. being imperfect makes her a better, stronger character. And it, it being those like small things too that are just very human yeah. to have, you know, again, someone brilliant who just could not be bothered to spell correctly. <laughs> and it's... And I, you know, and she didn't say it in this story, but it's been in other stories. She's like, "Well, that's what you're for, Perry. You're the editor. You're supposed yeah. to fix that stuff." You know. Yes. Um, like I think George Lucas even said that he was like, "Well, that's what editors are for. They're supposed to fix yeah. that stuff." And then you know, <laughs> so you get Amazing. the gist of it, though. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I love uh, that. So he's I, like, there's no Owen brutal. There's also that, there's not two women around. There's not two. Of us. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> I'm just so good. Love it. 
Love that. Oh my God. And, you know, talking about the journalism of it, I think it's really interesting if we think, if we're, you know, go back to our discussion of what Superman means to the world and what Lois means to the world. You know, he is hope, right? He is compassion. He's that person we try to be. I think Lois's role is more complicated and more messy because, and even discussed fairly awesomely in this story, she's the one who brings truth. And that isn't as easy to swallow as hope or compassion. Like she has a lot of discussions with Renee about what truth looks like. And um, you know, that sometimes we have to give it to people slowly. We have to spoon feed them a little bit of truth at a time. And then sometimes we got to just dump the bomb in their lap and let, you know, let the chips fall. And at the very, I mean, one of the very last panels, if not the very last panel, she literally says they might hate us for this. That's our job though. And we're going to do it anyway. And we never, we don't get the conclusion to that. We don't get to find out if they get hated or not, because it's not important. That's not relevant. We tell the truth because it's what matters, whether it goes badly or not. It's, it's that type of thing, especially during that, the, the Trump administration yeah. that yeah. it was because the truth really was under attack. Absolutely. It, it was very much the, the 1984 of it, right. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. And it still is um, Absolutely. like yeah. what, what they're, you know, I'm going to tell you what the truth is and you have to believe me. Yeah. Even though there's evidence mounting against, mm-hmm. you know, this horrible human being that, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. that wasn't the truth. And and I love that it's only now that he's getting called out on it. Honestly, um, and and she has a line in it where she's like, "Was he indicted? No, that's not news. Then it's I not news. Yeah. And and I read that, and as of this recording, he's been indicted a few yeah. times. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Greg Rucka knew. So yeah. <laughs> oh, she would. She would. Yeah. She would be at the forefront of this. You know, it's it's interesting because I was reading about the same time that this I'm probably getting my timeline wrong, but it feels very close to the same time Hmm. Um, as the series was finishing. Katie Turr came out with her memoir about being the, the woman uh, journalist that followed Trump's campaign and literally getting death threats and literally, you know, almost, almost dying because of it. And it really was so interesting that Greg Rucka was topping into all of this stuff that was absolutely happening Mm -hmm. that Lois would have been going through at that time and very powerfully conveying it in a comic format where it could be more of an accessible story. Because I guarantee you the people who pick up a Lois Lane comic book probably aren't the, the Venn diagram of the ones who also pick up the Katie Turr memoir are probably not a circle. Like, I know I'm not the only one, but it's probably not a circle, right? This is sure. an accessible way to communicate that story to a lot of people. It Well, that, that's what I've always loved about, you know, science fiction in general. Like Spielberg yeah. understood this oh. when he, he did all his stuff in the, in the 70s and 80s. That, like, what, what makes science fiction great, you know, Star Trek is an amazing example of this. Yes. You, you can tell very real human stories mm-hmm. it, and just disguise it as, well, we're going to this other planet where mm-hmm. it's like, uh-oh, the, the people on this planet are evil and they kind of look like Spock. And, yeah. uh-oh, like, how do we handle that kind of a thing? Um, right. And then it's only really after you, when you think about it, go, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's I know. Why, that's why X Men has stayed popular, right? Yeah. Just, despite us <laughs> bitching about oh, it. Oh, I love it, though. Like, I'm an X Men fan, is the thing. I, I bitch about it from a place of love. 
but no, exactly. I love the meme that's going around right now on what is left of Twitter, which is the, um, the uh, people's complaining that Star Trek has gotten woke and then people showing clips of, of like the 60s one and they're like, it's gotten woke? What are you it's, talking it's about? Like Gene Roddenberry you know? was ahead of his time. You're just right. stupid. <laughs> D- Data literally has a moment where he is like, my child can choose their gender when they've decided. <laughs> yes, yes in the 90s <laughs> it and and that's yeah i'll never understand that and and yeah. plus like just i i don't know but even mm-hmm. but like star trek being the best example of it and, and x-men being a good example of it yeah um, i mean and, god hates mutants what is that one called um uh it's god hates mutants isn't it it's uh god loves man kills yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, yeah the, the it, exactly where it's like, oh, this is explicitly about being gay. Like you can't, you cannot. I mean, maybe you can convince yourself it isn't, but it's really hard not to see that it, that was explicitly about being gay. You it, know, it, you know the, the allegories are are right there in front of you, and it's not. And 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 the other thing that's great about science fiction is that it's, uh, you know, in comic books in particular, they're they're not preaching to you. They're not telling you that this is the right way to be. They're just mm-hmm. presenting it in an entertaining way. Yeah. And you can take from it what you want. It just, you just see how people take right. it, you know, with the old oh, Star Trek is woke. You see how they're taking it. It's like, you're taking it, you're taking it personally. Mm-hmm. And, and you're projecting your insecurities onto that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that you need to look, look inside yourself about. <laughs> exactly. Because if, if the fact that, you know, an episode of Star Trek can bother you because, you know, you it's still called out by it. Right. Then maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the card would be disappointed in you and you need to think about that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that face palm meme would be about you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I think you're right. Like as, as it ties into this story, it's, it is probably more than any comic I've, ever read explicitly about what was happening in the news you know it was like that was it's about trump they don't say trump obviously trump doesn't exist in the um in dc universe thank god but like (laughs) but there's a trump figure in the story that is pretty objectively referenced um I, i you know i think that one and the have you read the wonder twins by mark russell no, I've heard good things. Oh, that's another really great because Superman is their mentor in that. That is an excellent Superman story. Yeah. Um, but it also I was I was just thinking of like the little the little ways in which it was very of the time, up to and including Lex News. Which <laughs> was great. Um, but you know, I think you know, more than anything though, this this comic was a okay, we're gonna take this real thing that we're all going through and we're gonna talk about it through a character who would have something to say about what's happening. It also says a lot about that character, that the character is a woman. Yeah. And that not everyone likes it. Let's face it. Yeah. You know, you said this, uh, you, you've oh, said yeah. this on your show. You're, you're, you've said it on this show, you know, recently, mm-hmm. you know, a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. not everyone likes it when a woman is telling them what's going on. <laughs> when right. a woman is the one yeah. spilling, saying the truth, because mm-hmm. then it turns into, yeah, but what do you know? kind of yeah thing. And, absolutely and I, I i will admit that uh one of my favorite <laughs> a family guy joke that always makes me laugh is uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm probably going to get <laughs> blasted for this one, uh, is in the Empire Strikes Back parody mm -hmm. when Lois as uh, Leia is like, so troops, you know, you're going to do this and do this, and this is how we're going to get away from the Empire. And then one of the uh, pilots says, can we talk to someone from the military, a uh, man, perhaps? <laughs> Like that, yeah. I, I just that my my best friend and I quote that joke all the time, and I'm just like, but I'm not I'm not laughing because oh, she's a woman oh, she yeah. doesn't know anything. I'm laughing because man, mm -hmm. men are stupid. that's <laughs> men on the internet, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, look, I, I'm just saying that you know Rachel Brosnan is just not she's just not that hot, you know, like, and it's like I I don't know, man, like I don't know how to break this to you. But she has the best job in the world, and it sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she, uh, she does not care what you think. It turns out. Yeah, because she gets <laughs> because she gets to be Lois Lane, and you get to be just some yeah. idiot who's paying Elon Musk eight dollars a month for Twitter. <laughs> All right, <P> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be talking about Blue Sky next time we get together. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. Um, so, uh, Chris, as we uh, uh, wrap up a little bit here, I got a couple questions I'm asking everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of these we've already touched on a little bit, but uh, first question is throughout all Superman media, uh, yeah. comics, movies, do you have a favorite S? Do I have a favorite S? Oh, like this actual symbol? Yeah, his, his, the, the chess logo, yeah. Hmm. So I'm I'm the worst at this. I don't know if you've heard me talk about the bat suit over on our show, but I literally don't notice most of the time <laughs> what they look like. I know people have these big discussions about the costumes and like that one oh doesn't look gosh. that good. And yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like if I had a lineup of them, I could pick, but I honestly don't know. I, I will say, here's here's my hot take hill I will die on. It needs to be colorful. I'm again, Zack Snyder. I, if I can't tell that it's blue and red, I don't want it. I don't mm -hmm. want it. Blue, red, yellow. I want the whole color scheme. Oh, well, I, I will say that to, to contradict that, I agree with you, but also I do love the Fleischer S, the, the black and the, and the red. I mm. think it just looks cool. Um, it does look cool, but I feel like it's not him. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not the traditional Superman. It's not the yeah, Christopher Reeve. You know, I like that. I like that the hopefulness is reflected in the way his costume is different from Batman. I feel like yes, I like that yes. about it. Um, they're a classic sunshine grumpy pairing, and I love that. <laughs> I, oh, it's 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 great storytelling. Um, yeah. So we 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 touched upon this a little bit, but if you want to elaborate, um, sure. What, what are you looking forward to with James Gunn's upcoming Superman legacy? You know, yeah. we just got the casting news. I'm sure the new S will be a big part yeah. of that. Uh, costume design, uh, which now I know I'll call you out for. Like, you know this one looks different, right? Yeah, I'm going to be like, <laughs> put it in a lineup. I'll see if I can pick it out. <laughs> just a lineup of chests. Just S's. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's like, is that... Is that a snake talking? Yeah. Oh, no, it's Superman. It's, I see. Oh, okay. oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> but yeah, so the way he did, uh, especially the way Gomorrah was done throughout the Guardians movies um, okay. and this past Guardians movie, I uh, did, did you see the new Guardians? You, you said you said no. yeah, you. OK, I um, also I have strong anti-Guardians feelings, but OK, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that I love Gamora's story because Gamora mm. uh, and even uh, the way he wrote like uh, Ratcatcher 2 and, 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 oh, and, yes. and Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> I agree, yeah. So 
so James Gunn, like Greg Rucka, can mm -hmm. can write a competent woman. Oh yeah. Oh, his uh, Harley is amazing. And oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. She has and the Har best stuff in all her oh, appearances in the Suicide Squad. Well, that and and Birds of Prey. But yes, for for. Yeah. <laughs> Of team movies. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. he can definitely write a woman well. Um, so I, I agree. I think I'm excited to see what he does with Lois. I'm hoping mm -hmm. we get more of that. Uh, I, I hope it is more of the Suicide Squad James Gunn than it is the Guardians James Gunn, I will say. Uh, okay. I don't like Guardians. I think okay. I'm, that, I don't I, like I, 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 I retract some of my statements then. So. Uh, no, I, I, I find them so annoying. But I mean, a lot of that is Chris Pratt and not James Gunn. Let me be honest. Chris Pratt sure. is one of my mortal enemies in this world that I vowed to um, be the rival of until I die. You know, if he, ha <laughs> if he has one hater, it's me. That's <laughs> uh, you're, you're not the only one. There's a lot I know. of... Uh... If he has no haters, I'm dead. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> there, there's a, uh, there's a, a lot of lgbtq mm -hmm. community that is very much against him and yeah i i will admit to understanding why yeah i just don't feel the same way but That's i also fine. i mean that like we can talk why. off air because i don't want to like sit here and get called out for slander but i that's not the only reason i have a list one time TJ asked me why I didn't like Chris Pratt when we were driving on an hour long drive and I didn't finish until we arrived. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of reasons and it goes, it's a long running thing. He doesn't know me, but I'm his enemy anyway. Uh <laughs> Even though we've been on the same plane once, but we didn't meet. Um <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> it's, it, it is. He's lucky. Excuse me, uh, man. We're going to have to escort you off the plane. <laughs> yeah, I have a restraining order against me from Chris. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but truly, uh, that said, like the Guardians movies, I get that people love them and I get why people love them. And I don't want to be a party hoover, but I do feel like they're very, they're very try hard with their humor and stuff like that. And I want mm. sincerity in my Superman stories. Sure. Um, but you know, as far as like, even though suicide squad is a darker movie, it's very sincere. Um, yes. And I like when he writes that way. And I hope that we get the way he writes for DC, I hope we continue to get that, and I hope it doesn't get too Marvel because I honestly want my I want Marvel and DC to be different. I don't need them to all to be the same in my mind, and I like both. Like I'm not saying yeah. I want it, I want, but I don't want them to be Marvelized. I yeah. really do want what I like about the DC universe, what I liked about uh, the first Wonder Woman or sh the first Shazam or even Aquaman. I want that to still be true now that he's taking over. It's you know, when people talk about superhero fatigue, mm -hmm. and, and James Gunn has commented on this, where he said, I don't think it's superhero fatigue. I think it's bad storytelling fatigue. Absolutely. And, and I 100% agree, because when you watch, uh, when you contrast what, you know, let, let's take two recent, you know, films here. Uh, mm -hmm. When you contrast what Across the Spider-Verse did yeah. with its multiverse storytelling yeah. versus what The Flash was doing, mm -hmm. it... You know, there's elements that work, but the but Spider Verse gets it. Mm -hmm. What Spider Verse gets right is the fact that the multiverse side of it is secondary. 
Like mm-hmm. we're invested in Miles and Gwen yes. and, and Peter and, and even though I, you know, once you see the movie, you'll understand. Uh, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who I think is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> um, he's written that way. It's perfectly, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great storytelling. I can say that because I love the movie so much. Uh, Absolutely. And I think he's full of shit. And I could do like a whole lecture about it, but. Oh, I love it. And I said that to a buddy of mine recently. I said, I think uh, I think Miguel's full of shit. And he said, really? And I was like, we don't have time to talk about it. We're going to finish yeah. the episode. But, <laughs> uh, I feel that. I, I feel it deeply. I, I've texted friends of mine and they're like, yeah, don't, I don't disagree. So when you mm-hmm. see the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Great ass though. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> this is that's all like, the, I haven't seen it. <laughs> that's 2099's ass. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And we'll we'll see what uh, how corn sweat looks in the Superman suit because <laughs> I'm sure he'll have. I know. I'm excited. He's very pretty. I don't know any. I don't know much about him other than I... again. I've seen him in a Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> <laughs> I I texted when I was texting my family when he was cast. I said he looks like a Jason Fabok Superman come to life. Yeah, he's um, he's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good looking man, and he really is. <laughs> and I. And I'm just like, look, if if you're not already in love with him the way I was in love with Henry Cavill 11 years ago when he was yeah. cast, like when they mm. when they showed when I started seeing pictures of him everywhere, I oh. was just like, um, I was like, uh, ooh, I'm gonna have to think, rethink some of my <laughs> oh. sexual preferences here. <laughs> if you ever look, first of all, it's not a good Ryan Murphy show. I think it's Hollywood. If you don't know that he was the main character of, it's a terrible show. But if you want to know what he looks like. Toe to uh, head to toe, full frontal. That's there for you. <laughs> uh, I I'm not surprised with Ryan Murphy. I know, I was <laughs> especially like, his oh, Netflix I, stuff. Right, I know exactly what the Superman will look like in the suit. Let me just say. It, they don't. Uh, well, I mean, like from Christopher Reeve to Brandon Ralph and uh, Henry Cavill, oh, they don't leave much yeah. to the imagination with those things, anyway. Mm-mm, so. mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, even, I mean, even Ben Affleck when he did the Hollywood Land movie, you know, yeah. there's even a joke about it in the movie if you've ever seen it. Right. Um, great movie, but yeah. uh, and also Ben Affleck got to play Superman and Batman. Isn't that cool? That's pretty uh, fun. Good for him. <laughs> um, so, Chris, this has been such a blast. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's this is the first time it's just been us. Um, I know, I know. I keep bringing it up to you, Jay, because I feel like you should be here, like just as, on my shoulder. It's it, it's the same way when it's just him and I. He brings you up a lot too. Aww, <laughs> aren't we cute? Oh, adorable. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I'm in I'm in love with your guys' show and Aww. and your and your takes on everything because it's it um like Lois Lane and I, I'm I'm being sincere when I say this. You know, there there are truths to these stories that mm-hmm. you know need to kind of. I mean, a lot. You know, art is subjective, of course. Sure. Um, but I I like the way your your takes on a lot of things because it uh especially having that lgbt side of things right it yeah it, uh, we as a society benefit from hearing yeah stuff outside of our comfort zone not that like being gay is outside of my comfort zone sure. but yeah as discussed you know, we have a crush on superman we get it <laughs> oh, she's who, who wouldn't? I know, uh, fair enough. He transcends sexuality. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, all past, uh, right? Exactly. Uh, but it, you know, I think that uh, that's you know, one like we we're saying about Star Trek. If, if you feel attacked by how these things are are going, then maybe you need to rethink your point of yeah. view. And I've had I've had to have conversations like that with my friends 
where they say like, you know, a friend of mine got upset because a couple of years ago there was a vaccine mandate with our, our local theater groups. Mm -hmm. And he got really upset about that. And he was like, they just don't want me to be in their, in their group anymore. And I said, you're, you're taking it personally. And mm -hmm. that's, that's on you. Yeah. Like they're mm -hmm. doing what they think is right. You can disagree with it. That's fine. You know, yeah. you, you, your life and your, your family that you're looking after in the best way you think is possible. But what you're saying is you're taking it too personally. Mm -hmm. And that, and I don't know, just open-mindedness is just the yeah. way to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what Lois would want. Exactly. Uh, and, and Lois, uh, let's face it, Lois is always right. So yeah, Lois is always right. And Lois, yeah. we trust. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Chris, if people are, uh, confused about where they are in the multiverse or something or another, uh, and they're yeah. looking for you out there, where can they find you? Oh boy. Uh, it's a confusing time of the multiverse to try to find people on social media. Um, so to help with that, I went ahead and just made a link tree that will have all the places I am in case say one gets destroyed by an evil billionaire. That's not Lex Luthor. Um, well, Lex Luthor's <laughs> smart. So yeah, he, yeah, he would never, he and, would never. And, Twitter and, would be running flawlessly if Lex I'm, had it. A hundred percent serious about that. Like I'm not. Kidding. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like it, it would still be a cesspool, but it would be a very functional cesspool. My my. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. Just my my no buddy uh, Zaki Hassan has said that we're uh, talking about the the Twitter thing where he's like, you know what? It might have been a cesspool, but it was our cesspool. And it was our cesspool, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved that cesspool, and I'm mad. <laughs> Um, but you know, so I've, I'm trying all the ones, I don't know what'll stick, but you can find them all at, uh, linktree.com slash the myth of psyche. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has at this point in time, blue sky hive, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> discord <laughs> and mastodon. And I will w land one of those places eventually, but I have them all right now. <laughs> There's. Uh, I gotta keep up with all that because you know we're know. we're not really far apart in age, but I feel like sometimes I'm just like, what the hell are you kids talking about? What the hell is I, Mastodon or Blue Sky? Oh God. <laughs> I feel that deeply, and I'm on Mastodon. I'm constantly on Mastodon, going, <laughs> what is this, and how do I use it, and why don't I understand it? And then everyone, <laughs> Mastodon has a very uh, a, a very we're smart people energy to it that I'm not sure I love, and it's like, wow, you don't you don't get it. You don't get I, it? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't get it. Well, in there. So that's a whole other thing. I know. But uh, right now, Blue Sky is looking good, but it's very hard to get on. So I'm on there, but I will give people invite codes. What if I ever get them? Yeah. Um, it, it's very weird. I feel a little like I'm, I'm watching my friends sink on the Titanic and I'm like, I'll give you help when I get one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hold on. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. We, the boat only fit one. I'm sorry. The door, the door didn't fit you, Jack. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I love that movie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, right. But if you want to uh, hear me, uh, doing all of this <laughs> other places, I have, three podcasts right now and a fourth one coming oh. um because i don't value sleep i guess um sure. but <laughs> the main one of course the one we've referenced is gotham outsiders which i host with tj who's been on the show before with and without me and mm -hmm. uh <laughs> i also am the co-host of thirsty on tune with my other bestie bronwyn where we talk about queer accessible media so independent comics or independent books things like that um, 
places where queer people can write without the editorial hand of big government <laughs> or big publishing, you know, <laughs> sure. uh, things like that. And it's it's very important right now in the, the era of banning books to have those spaces. So we're talking about that over there. Uh, I'm also a revolving host over on Talking Comics podcast. So I'm on it sometimes and sometimes I don't have time. But, um, other times I'm on it. And then TJ and I have a new project that's starting. I, we think next month should be when it's launching called Downworlders After Dark, where we read every one of the 24 currently out books by Cassandra Clare. There's probably going to be 30 before it's done and we review all of them. So <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> Uh, I, I host two podcasts. I totally understand. And there's right. been several times when my, you know, she's, she's with her mother today, but my daughter is interrupted and mm -hmm. it just, and I don't even edit around it. I'm like, you know what? This is kind of cute and fun. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. She, she'll run up and go, something happened with the TV. And I'm just like, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, as for me, you can find me at Four Comic Junkies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mostly Twitter, at least for now. Um, and for one um, week more until it implodes. <laughs> you know, one day more. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that was what I was thinking too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, thank God! So somebody gets. Well, that's <laughs> I did. A, I did. Not, not an unpopular reference, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can also follow the uh, uh, my other show. Um, the spider-man book club wherever you get your podcasts all about spider-man's library Yay. um if you're listening to this um please write a review subscribe get the get the word out there and the word is truth because the truth matters and uh if the truth hurts mm -hmm. sometimes it's supposed to so just mm -hmm. suck it up man just fucking get over yourself Live Star a life that Lois, yeah. Live a life that <laughs> Lois Lane would be proud of. Like, do you really want to know she'd be disappointed in you? And just think, sit with it. Sit with no, that. You, you, you don't want that. You don't no, want to be that. the the Lex Luthor to a Lois Lane story. You don't. So, you don't. You don't want to be yeah. that guy. I I wouldn't mind being a Superman to her story. <laughs> I mean, look, I wouldn't <laughs> mind being the Superman to her story either. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs>